Bigley. I'm Stephen Helger. This week, we're talking about video games, ones we've been playing. <laughs> you do that. I love that. I love you. <laughs> Likewise. Uh, speaking of us, uh-huh. to change the subject real quick, I just went to my go-to breakfast place, uh-huh. um, which is like, do you ever go to a place where you don't feel cool enough to be there, but you keep going back? That's basically every room I'm in <laughs> every single day. I, I get zero... I get zero vibes from anyone that like I'm not welcome there. Like that's not what I'm saying, but just like I go in and like everyone who's just waiting for their coffee or sandwich looks like a painting. Like they could have been painted in that moment, you yeah. know? Like, yeah, they're totally. just so cool that like even the most minute like meaningless moment of their life is like someone's work of art. Yeah, just like where where do you even get a shirt that looks like that? The dude who hands me my coffee. Yeah. Like time stops and like the sun comes out for a second. Yeah, right. And I just feel like I'm a meatball that was <laughs> dropped on the floor and gained sentience <laughs> from all the germs. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was at that place, which I clearly love going to, and they were playing a ska cover of Such Great Heights, which no. in a very in a very vain moment, I'm like, if if either 18-year-old Steven and Brendan fused, or if the most honest yet embarrassing part of ourselves fuse that would be the result yeah i think think so is that it wasn't a bad cover but i was just like this is (laughs) of course course this is the most you're awake song i've ever heard in my life like yep you're up now (laughs) there's there's like a bunch of horns and such great heights is playing yeah have you ever Um, seen those those companies that sell or not even sell but some companies that are just like oh we made like neural audio that when you listen to it it'll change the 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 waves in your your brain to feel different things it's a thing that people talk about all the time i don't think it's real but anyway uh, imagine if there was one that was like this one's gonna wake you up and usually when you listen to it it just sounds like yeah what if it was the ska cover of such great heights (laughs) it was like okay you just don't need caffeine anymore you can just listen to the ska cover of such great heights and you're good for the record i often end up becoming the de facto defender of ska in such environments like this Mm -hmm. however like there is no worse music to wake up to i don't want to go to school it's like you know uh it's it's a lot but there's some good stuff out there uh just like you got you gotta be awake and in the mood for it mm-hmm. so that's my that's my ska take yeah well now that we've gotten our our ska segment out of the way <laughs> what uh i'm just i'm just saying if we were closer in high school we would have done that for the talent show like, there's no doubt in my mind we would have done a ska cover of such great heights you could have joined the guitar club whenever you wanted steven just saying yeah that's true i was very low-key that i played guitar in, in high school no one knew did you ever come to um, the club no, I, I didn't go. I should was I, doing should I fill the blanks in here? I started a guitar club when we were in high school and Steven never came. <laughs> I was in a production of Damn Yankees that was not good. <laughs> so that's where my that's where my time was going. Okay. You gotta have hot. All you really need is hot. <laughs> um so actually that that's a that's a great segue to Pyre, a video game that you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um yeah so real quick i mentioned him a lot in passing but my dear friend chris who has been a pretty vocal supporter of the show from the very beginning so thank, thank you, you for that um we love you and chris has routinely recommended me play pyre he texted me like very politely he's like steven i've been a good boy all year i just want you to play pyre and i want to hear your pyre <laughs> takes um 
So I eventually, I, I've been meaning to play this game for a long time. Just real quick about the game itself. Now that we're now that we're post ska, Brendan and Steven, mm-hmm. uh, this was made by Supergiant Games, who previously made Bastion and Transistor. I love, 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 love this team. Um, yeah, Bastion is like one of my favorite games of all time. I really like Transistor too, not as much, but it's still a great game. And they're kind of noted now that I'm playing Pyre. I'm like, what is the like auteur signature of Supergiant Games? I think I figured it out. It's like amazing soundtrack, beautiful art style, and very specific narrator (laughs) that's Mm. like the things you get often which i love um so uh the music's done by this guy darren korb who's like insanely talented all his stuff's on spotify um very good i actually listened to the soundtrack to pyre before playing it for like a long time oh really yeah it came out 2017 i remember it just like appeared on darren korb's spotify thing yeah Uh, i don't know why i didn't get this game when it came out but i just didn't really know like what it was and i didn't really see much about it I'm finally playing it and it's it's really it's really great. Um it's definitely very up my alley so Chris you know me very well. Um <laughs> it's definitely uh, the one of the first things that happens is you meet a dog with a mustache who asks you he asks you if his mustache is good. And I'm like this is exactly the kind of game <laughs> is I Is there like. is there a dialogue choice there for you? Yeah. Can you yeah, say yes which, or no? It is good or is Literally literally will result in him losing hope or gaining hope which is a stat oh, I um, love that's that. important so real quick um it's a really it's a really unique game it's kind of a it's a really interesting mashup of a lot of different genres so it kind of plays like a very traditional rpg almost harking back to like oregon trail levels of like classic you know adventure rpg kind of uh systems mm-hmm. the overworld which is they really went all out with with the design of it. It's gorgeous. You're in this wagon traversing this dimension, I think called a oh god. I'm drawing a blank on what it's called, but it's basically like where a bunch of people who have been exiled have to reside for eternity. Yeah. Um, it's like the, kind of purgatory-esque, correct? Yeah, exactly. It's like depending on where you are in it, it ranges from like vaguely unpleasant to like bogs full of skulls. Mm-hmm. Or like really beautiful waters. Like it's very pretty the whole time, even though like it ranges in like thematically comforting yeah. or not um, for the characters. For the player, it's great the whole time. <laughs> I'm enjoying this purgatory. Uh, so you're in this wagon that is very like Terry Pratchett because it becomes a boat at one point. It's this like magical wagon. Yeah. And as you traverse this area, you are greeted with a lot of forks in the road where it will be like. So and so in your party thinks that this route will be easier because of X. Um, and like D and D, you don't really know what the risks or rewards are. You just kind of have to like trust your gut or trust certain characters. Yeah. Um, I've been a huge fan of the dog with the mustache from day one, so I usually <laughs> do what he wants, and I'm like, it always doesn't pay off. Like he's just a liar and a thief constantly. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. um, but I just, it's too funny for me to avoid. And then you have a lot of. Be- uh, Bethesda um, Bioware-esque moments with your party where like you can go into the wagon and talk to them and get to know them better and that might have an effect on their stats and like what they can do in the combat part of the game which like I, I I'm learning that I love games that have that downtime mechanic like mm. between adventure it really makes a sense of adventure stronger it reminds me a lot of like how D&D usually goes where yeah. like 
some of the best moments are not fighting goblins, but just like hanging out around the campfire. Absolutely. Um, Same thing with like Mass Effect. Like I think most people who play Mass Effect walk away from that game being like, I loved the moments with my friends on the ship, not necessarily like fighting, you know, I mean, the combat's fun, but you're there for hanging out with Garrus in the, in the, you know, in the ship. Yeah. And this game has a lot of that. Um, the actual gameplay is basically like fantasy Rocket League. Uh, I've seen a lot of Rocket League comparisons. Yeah. You have a team of three. So you choose three of your characters who all play very differently. There are like three major archetypes. There's like the fast, quick one that doesn't do a lot of damage, but is like very agile. There's the big characters. And then there are like the kind of well-rounded ones yeah. and they learn different abilities. You can give them different items that kind of like can shape them differently. Yeah. The way I described it to people was like wizard capture the flag. Essentially. <laughs> it's not a bad idea or it's not a bad comparison. It's also not a bad idea. We should do it sometime. <laughs> so I believe at one point they wanted this game to kind of become an esport, which I don't really think happened, but people really loved the game. It had a lot of good, press yeah um, I, I think now might be a good time to jump in with my very limited experience with this game which sure. is essentially i went to pax before this game came out with a friend of mine uh we saw the super giant booth did not know what they were working on went over saw a huge line and then a non-existent line the huge line was to play single player and the non-existent line was for multiplayer so my friend and i just went and sat in the multiplayer queue and just like basically played a bunch of rounds over and over and over again until somebody else showed up and wanted to try it and in those like i would say three or four rounds we went from being like what is this game what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck to like oh okay this is wizard capture the flag to suddenly like getting extremely competitive and realizing (laughs) exactly like where that skill curve goes uh you there's there is a lot a lot of uh choice and option and and variety within the very limited set of rules that they give you that game i was hoping was going to become an esport because i loved watching it as much as i did playing it yeah it's beautifully yeah. like whenever you score a goal it kind of reminds me of space jam in a weird way because like, there's these really <laughs> dramatic animations of them just like dunking this ball into this uh, pyre and yeah. of course the narrator is this like disney villain like oh i suppose you won you know yeah uh, it rules it's it's, it's, awesome. it's very stylish um and just handles beautifully uh, and that's yeah. as much of it as I played, but I, I liked, you know, those couple of rounds I played. Yeah. I mean, and I think, I, I think the game really shines with the, the sort of, um, kind of, I want to say double life, but it's sort of like how, you know, persona is half like day to day life, you know, life management kind of stuff. And then half dungeon crawler. Yeah. And I think more than one shines over the other the game shines being both like i always look forward to doing the other thing mm-hmm. you know when i'm doing not that i'm not enjoying what i'm currently working on but like there's some weird transitionary element that i really enjoy like looking forward to like how it's going to change up is it because they're both equally good or is it because you spend enough time in one that the other one makes it feel fresh I think in in Pyre and in Persona, they are both equally good. And I think that they both mechanically and thematically help the other. Mm. Obviously, uh, in Persona, like if you spend more time with one of your friends, they will be better in combat. Yeah. Uh, And in Pyre, if you invest more in a certain character, they'll level up a little bit quicker. They'll have more hope, which is a stat that lets them respawn faster. Um, And I think, too, Pyre even in the matches 
it never drops the story. And what you learn is that everyone is fighting to exit this realm. Yeah. Um, these wizard rugby games are uh, rights performed to escape this purgatory. Yeah. So sometimes you fight people that you actually feel bad for that like are just wanting their freedom as well. Like there's one group of characters who like thanks you for the honor and like gives you a gift once you we once you win and it's like very kind of bittersweet. There's another group who are my favorite that are like <laughs> sex pistols inspired dogs that are like the music suddenly changes from like fantasy to like just straight up punk rock and they just they exist as a team just to deny you your freedom. Like they don't want their freedom. Wow. Um, I need to look up what their name is because it is so good. What do they get um, out of the deal if they beat you, if not their own freedom? They can like progress to fight others to to get their freedom. But like they hint that. Uh, hold on. I'm, I need to look up the character's name. Uh, Rookie is the dog with the mustache. And Rookie has like a history with these strange dogs. God, I'm sorry. Barker Ashpaws. That's what it is. That's good. That's Barker Ashpaws. Real piece of work. Just don't make eye contact. And he has like piercings and like dyed hair. It's so silly. And I love that. It kind of matches the tone I look for in a lot of fantasy where like the world and the stakes are very serious, but the characters along the way are extremely colorful and, and bright. Yeah. And it's a good variety too. Like you get the first three you meet are Rookie, who's like, you know, kind of the rogue. Uh, you know the guy you like but don't trust mm-hmm. it's like the 30 rock quote never follow a hippie to a second location like never follow rookie <laughs> to the next place he's going yeah this guy i forgot I, it's i just got the other day so i'm forgetting the names but this human who's like kind of the voice of reason he helped you in the beginning but he kind of has a mysterious past um and then this uh demon woman who's like very tough and like kind of hard to to communicate with but like clearly cares a lot about everybody Mm. so familiar archetypes but like it really works and then you make more and more you meet more and more party members who range from like a don quixote worm knight who's my favorite to like a very uh mysterious bard um it's just great it's really i'd recommend it to anybody who enjoys like a bioware rpg who enjoys D &D. Uh, it's definitely D &D esque um, this is the first time in a super giant game where uh, the character is is not in the game. Like you're playing as what they call the reader. You're the one giving orders to your party mates who are playing the game. Yeah, but it's entirely from first person. Like people address you, but you only get it through text. And there's kind of like a first person narration going along. That's like that kind of harkens back to a very traditional kind of text based RPG. Yeah, um, which I really like. There's a really cool moment where everyone kind of speaks a fantasy language. So you hear kind of like hollow night, you hear a little bit of that. And then the text, there's one moment where a very important character lets you know that they are also a reader and they say it in whatever the language the game is in. So you can understand it. Like, Whoa, so obviously cool. with mine, it's English and he goes like, I I'm also a reader. And then it cuts right back to the fantasy language. Um, really cool attention to detail with that. I'm loving it. It's, I got it on sale for like $7. I don't know if it's still on sale, I'd recommend it at any price. I'm I'm really enjoying it. And I'm kind of sad that I waited this long to pick it up because uh, I would have enjoyed it on release. Yeah. 
I um, I it's uh, I have this thing with super giant games where I respect the shit out of them and I love every single moment of them that I play, but I do not get very far in any of them. Interesting. I've put like one or two hours into Bastion, one or two hours into Transistor, and then I played like a couple rounds of Pyre, and that's about it. I know that I would probably like this game more than Transistor and Bastion. To be totally honest, because I like the uh, wizard rugby, as you called it, um, yeah. aspect of it. I think I think it's really, really fun and really deep. Um, but yeah, seven dollars kind of hard to pass up. Yeah, I think it's usually fifteen or twenty, but yeah. regardless, it's it's great. Is that on Switch or are you playing on PS4? <sighs> so this is, we say this every week. I couldn't shake the feeling. I'm like, I would love this on Switch. It's not on Switch, I don't believe currently. Yeah, Bastion and Transistor are. So I'm hoping that eventually it will be on Switch. Right now, it's on PS4, PC, Mac, and uh, yeah, I think that's it. Um, I'm just looking it up real quick. They are not doing it on Switch. Yeah, at the moment. Uh, that's a bummer. No, nope, yeah, this currently. would be this would be awesome on Switch. Yeah, um, and I know they've moved over development to. Have you seen their new game, Hades? Yeah, it's yeah. an early access, right? Yeah, you can get it now. Uh, I think it's only through the Epic Store, which is like mm. Epic's version of Steam, which is kind of amazing that there's like a competitor to Steam that might actually like succeed. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, that game is like the most for me. Like, if Pyre is for you, Hades is so extremely for me um because it's it's super giant doing all the things that they've done well which i've always kind of had like a passing interest in via the art and the music and the narration and and their uh their world building and characters i love all of that but it's wrapped up in a roguelike which is like oh okay that's that's for that's brendan that's got a, your that's name all over yeah. Brendan game yeah it's interesting because i think what they also do really well is they give you a very all their games have a very very simple plot like Empire, it's yeah. escape basically. Um, in Bastion, it's uh, similar. In Transistor, it's to get your voice back mm-hmm. um, and to like figure out what's going on. Uh, it's very vague, but like you get a very simple objective and you get a very slight, a little slice of a very fully realized world. Yeah, there's a lot. I actually think what I like about Pyre is usually in well, usually and their other two games is a silent protagonist. You get a lot of the exposition through the narration and a lot through like reading. Um, there's like a lot of optional reading material, right? which I like if you want it. But sometimes I mean, there's a better way. It feels like cheating a little bit in a video game where like you could really express that through other things mm-hmm. rather than having me like stop playing. And like it makes me sound like I don't want to read. I don't want to grow <laughs> up. Scott. But like. You know, it's it's like if it's a game, it's a game. Uh, I don't want to read like paragraphs of lore. I think Dark Souls does it really well where they just have it in the item descriptions. And Bastion does that, too. I think in terms of how I like Pyre compared to the other two, Bastion is one of the games that made me realize there's more stuff like that out there. Mm. Um, It's kind of like when you listen to bands like Ska. Uh, I keep bashing. Ska's fine. Um. Uh, when you discover a band or or whatever, you discover some kind of work of art that like you it teaches you what you look for. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when I first started listening to music as a teenager, I just got whatever I heard was good until I discovered the bands that I actually liked, and then that led to a whole path of discovery. Right, Bastion was that for me with video games. Like I didn't even know the term indie game existed until I played Bastion. Mm. So I have a special place in my heart for it for that reason um i do think that game is like easily the most accessible of the three um there's a lot of fun experimentation and there's a lot of fun like optional difficulty you can throw on 
and just really enjoyable to play transistor i think is is just a beautiful game and i think has an even more interesting story than bastion but it's a little bit convoluted in the in the gameplay aspect i think like i always felt a little confused of like uh you unlock moves that can become like sub moves and i love that they're all characters that was like a really cool narrative oh, yeah, thing yeah um and that's where i think the lore and like reading pays off because like a, just a short blurb and then you can kind of fill in the rest i say all that because pyre i think has really accessible but secretly dense gameplay mm-hmm. with with the worlds that you get a bit more of up front like there's a lot to read if you want to yeah but like you get a much firmer realization of what this world is like and you also get an ensemble of characters they've never done that before it's always been like the silent protagonist and the narrator the the narration the narrator i said that at the same time and this one you get this really beautiful ensemble that i really enjoy it really shows like a muscle of their writing or writing team that i that i haven't seen before and i'm really enjoying it for that yeah that's kind of why i'm interested in checking out hades because it also seems like it would be extremely difficult to tell like a cohesive story through a roguelike um but that is what they're setting out to do uh so in the same way that they're trying to wrap up a story inside of an esport the idea of them wrapping a story in a roguelike is just like fascinating to me um and and we know that the writing is so strong because you know they've done it time and time again but then like everything else that supergiant is so good at is constantly present so yeah video games by supergiant they're all good i'm excited for hades as well um i might get it honestly i might like pick it up soon <laughs> hades yeah what is it in early access for what is it on currently just pc and mac i believe oh, okay it's on that cool i might i might get it as well actually that'd yeah. be fun yeah i rarely play games in early access and i think it's always like uh you have like a more emotional attachment to it once it's finally released you're like i knew i knew it before it was cool man from what i've heard from people i know who have played it hades is in a very solid state already oh cool like is just wildly fun to play currently which is cool that's awesome yeah i love i love super giant games they're one of my favorite uh teams to watch yeah and when you brought up something that was interesting that i think is like something worth exploring even outside of super giant games where you're like how do you tell a cool story with a roguelike mm-hmm. and i think it's interesting that like storytelling practices change wildly in games depending on what kind of game it is this sounds obvious but i was talking so i was, <laughs> I was playing diablo 3 with my friend the other day just like locally it was a lot of fun but my friend was like why is the story in this game so like purposely bad like why is it so mm-hmm. just embarrassingly bad um because like blizzard has a pretty good they have decent writing in a lot of their games and they at least have cool worlds like overwatch is like a very appealing world and there's like a lot of intrigue with it yeah. um warcraft for for what it's worth has a lot of like uh memorable moments and characters and stuff um but diablo like it's just like leah you have to stop the demon like literally <laughs> um yeah it really is and, the whole game and it, we were wondering is like is is it written this way because this is a game that like you're not one you're not probably playing for the story but you're playing just to like you know dungeon crawl and get cool outfits and all that stuff um but how do you tell a cool story with a game like that i think you can i think they just didn't try but in, in a roguelike um it's really interesting to think back to games like into the breach and dead cells who literally put the roguelike mechanic into the story yeah like in into the breach you're traveling back in time which doesn't really change the story but it adds the feeling of desperation of like we are so outmatched that we have to manipulate time to stand a chance 
Um, yeah. Uh, and dead cells, you're constantly respawning and other characters kind of address that. I actually want to get back into dead cells more just to see how that plays out. I don't really know if that kind of comes to fruition, but I'm interested to see Supergiant, known for being so story centric, how they implement that into a roguelike with Hades. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, everything you're saying kind of reminds me of Hollow Knight in, in mm-hmm. the way that game, like really takes the difficulty of its mechanics and weaves that into your story as, as um, I, that character doesn't even have a name, does it? <laughs> I didn't even think Hollow about Knight? that. Yeah. It's Peter. You didn't, you didn't catch <laughs> it's, that Pete, it's Peter Griffin. Um, oh God. <laughs> oh, don't, oh, no. you, did that, you did that to your own game that you love. Let's take a break. <laughs> I have to go take a shower. Never in my life will I unsee the like dark silhouette of Peter Griffin with glowing eyes. Ugh. Ugh, I, I hate this. I wish Cut I hadn't out. said that. Yeah. Do you want to take a break or do you want to? I do. Like, I actually do want to take a break. Okay. My, that just fried my brain. <laughs> this is the first time you just like put a bit down that you tripped over and we're like, we got like, <laughs> have to. We had to repent for this. We had to burn ourselves in the pyre for this one. Yeah, I was just about to say, I have to play wizard rugby and escape this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of purgatory. Goodbye. Goodbye. Do you want to talk about meditations real quick? Yeah, sure. While we're in break mode. In break mode. I like that. So meditations.games. It's a cool website you can go to and download a little launcher uh, that will allow you to play a new small indie game every day of the year. Uh, and if you miss it for the day, then you can't play it until that day next year, which is interesting. Um, but it's been it's, it's this big project that's uh, been put together by this guy named uh, Rami Ismail from uh, Vlambeer. They made such wonderful games as Ridiculous Fishing and Luftrousers and Super Crate Box. Nuclear Throne, I think, is the most recent. Um, they are wonderful developers. Uh, Rami, just kind of like a, a pillar of, of the indie game industry i would say in industry scene whatever um but he has compiled i think it's 350 different developers uh and asked them to make a small game for each day of the year depending on what days kind of speak to them in different ways so um i played one earlier in the week that was like somebody i knew passed away on this day and that's like an important thing for me so i have to like take a moment to like breathe every just more often on that day than usual Um, But it's been interesting. Every single game, I would say, takes five minutes or less. And every single one starts with a little tiny blurb from the creator of that game that kind of explains why that day means a lot to them or kind of gives you uh, a thematic understanding for what that day's game is going to be about. Today's game, I think that the day we're recording it, today's game was basically about or was written by a game developer who was like, I made this thing that I didn't expect to succeed whatsoever. And I went to sleep. And when I woke up that morning, I had found that like, I think a hundred thousand people had visited our website and like checked our game out. Um, And he was basically just like, you, you have no idea if anything is going to succeed, but at the end of the day, sometimes things do. And then the game itself was literally just like a puzzle that you had to put together that had, um, it was like, it looked like a desk that had a phone on it that was a, a timer that was counting up uh, through dates. And it was basically just like you're putting the puzzle together, racing against a clock that it turns out is not a clock and does not matter at all, um, which was interesting. So like every That's single awesome. game just kind of has like a little tiny uh, twist to it or, or a weird idea that it's trying to explore. I think the first one, the very first one was the most interesting, like the January 1st game. Uh, is the most interesting one that I've played so far. Um, I wish I could remember the name of the developer, but I can't. Um, but it was called Tempers. And it was basically 
just I think it was eight lines, eight straight lines. And when you clicked on the first line, you could click on the second line. But then if you clicked on the third line, it undid all of your progress. And over the course of time, you will start to figure out that you have to wait the amount of time plus like one second to click the next line. So it's like click the first line, wait a second, click the second line, wait two seconds, then click the third line, wait oh, at least three seconds for the fourth one. And and by the time you're done playing that game, it's like, OK, I'm waiting like a minute like a full ass minute to click the last line and you don't get anything when the game is over. It's not like, Oh, you, you did it. Congrats. It's just like the game is over and, and meditations dot app just closes and it just shuts itself off. And you're just kind of sitting there looking at the desktop on your computer. Like, okay, what is my takeaway from this? Um, and I, I think that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Really cool. I think it's yeah. an amazing thing. It's free, which is cool. Um, yeah. so you get 365, like cool free games that make you like, reconsider some shit for a couple minutes um yeah it really does feel like i think meditations is absolutely the most apt name to give that project um sure. because every single one I've, I've done so far uh and i've done every one since the beginning of the year which is you know hasn't been too long yet but i've done every single one and every single one has made me sit there when it was over and just go like okay what does that mean yeah yeah and that's cool that's, that's amazing cool yeah i think uh being left with any ending to anything and, and having to kind of like force yourself to reflect on it is, is a fruitful experience. Yeah. Um, uh, I think sometimes it takes a while to, to figure that out. And it might mean something different to you, especially something as abstract as clicking lines. Like that's not going to mean the same thing to everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, some people might be like, well, what a waste of time. And that's what it meant to you. So, right. <laughs> I'm not saying that's how I would feel, but just like, you know, that's, that's kind of like, it, it invites all reactions to it, uh, which is important. Yeah, that sounds. Do you think you're going to try to do it every day? Is that something you're aiming to do? It has become part of my routine in a way that I wasn't expecting, just mostly yeah. out of curiosity. Um, so the the time zone that it is set in, I think, is like somewhere in Europe. Uh, so it resets at eight o'clock Eastern time. So basically that is when I, that, that's when I get home from work. So like I come home from work and I immediately open up my laptop and I open up meditations and I play whatever game that is. And then I go and do whatever the next thing that I was planning on doing is. That's great. So it's, be, it's become part of my routine in that sense, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to play as many as possible. Um, and I have played every one so far. We'll see. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm going to get it too. I, I, well, I have it. I did one of them. I did the one that was the one you mentioned where someone important had died and they kind of reflect on um, it's like Christmas celebrated at a different time of the year. Is it the oh, one you're yeah. talking about? Yeah, that that one was very heartfelt. Um, I'm going to get it too and we can talk about it again. Okay, that sounds good. Maybe Wait if there's like seconds. a particularly like really cool one, we can talk about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think if yeah, it's again, it's free. It's not a huge investment. Although it is a large file size, I will say that. <laughs> yeah, like, I, yeah. so you open it up for the first time and it'll play whatever game is set for that day. And then after that, it will download the rest of the games for the whole year, which I think is like half a gig or something like that. Yeah, it's not too bad. But I was just thrown off because the I didn't know it was doing that. So the first game was like, you know, like you said, it just happened immediately. And then the next one was like, oh, this is a big one. All right. Yeah, I'm that's, playing God, exactly I'm playing God of thought. War today. Let's do it. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. It's downloading Hades. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if there's just like Uncharted Five thrown in. It's like all these very abstract games. Oh man! But yeah, it's great. Thank you for recommending it to me. Yeah, I'm into it. 
Yeah, I, I was just I've been thinking more about the conversation that we had. I, I think it was two or three weeks ago talking when I was talking about Twinfold, just kind of about highlighting more of the indie stuff that I've been seeing. Um, yeah, and I think meditations is like a really great example of that and has also caused me to go play more indie games. I've been like looking up the developers of all these things and like going and yeah. checking out other things that they've made. Um, I've been spending awesome. more time on itch.io than I ever have before playing like uh-huh. small, small, like in browser kind of experiments, um, which has been really fun. And I, I, I don't have any to recommend currently because they're all like so short and quick, but I recommend just going to itch.io. This is my recommendation. Go to itch.io, sort the games by free web and short and just play whatever is the most popular shit that shows up in that, in that. Oh search. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think I'm also probably a uh, forecast alert. I'm going to probably switch to iPhone. So I will have the ability to play more Uh-oh. indie stuff. Cause Android's kind of a graveyard for that scene. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> very much is. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, we can get you on sync of house. Did I tell you about we that? We can game? do just like we had our funeral for your Xbox one. We can have a funeral for my Android. Wow. I forgot that we were yeah. recording the show when we had the funeral for my Xbox. <laughs> That's well, you added funeral music, so yeah. I guess you realize later while well, you're editing it. Yeah, Duh. that was um, to myself. Man, so much has happened since we started doing this show, dude. That time that like, goes by so fast when you think about it, you know? Uh huh, dude. Have you listened to ska? It's like fast <laughs> punk with saxophone. All right, well, let's come back. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. How you feeling, Brendan? You feeling better after that awful Peter Griffin joke? I really am. Good. I'm feeling yeah. much better. I got to talk about meditations. I got to sit and think about what I've done. <laughs> we really did escape purgatory with that segment, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. So uh, what's up? <laughs> oh, you know, just recording a podcast. Um, cool, man. Yeah. I'm what's think- it about? I think it's about video games. I, I, I had Mountain Dew a couple times. Is it like that? It's yeah. <laughs> imagine, imagine like holding a Mountain Dew and, <laughs> And like, depending on how you squeeze the bottle, different things happened on a TV. <laughs> That's the black mirror I want. Uh, <laughs> cool. Hey, do you want to cool. talk about a game? Yeah. Okay, cool. Do you want to talk about uh, Return of the Obra Dinn? I do. This is a game that you and I both tried to play last year because it was kind of a sleeper hit for for games that people were into last year. Mm-hmm. It's 2019 now. We're looking back. Yeah, you have played it. I have not. What's up? I do do like that. We've recorded a whole episode of this podcast about how we're not going to buy new games and we're going to like go through our backlog (laughs) or whatever. And you and I are both coming to the table with games that we purchased in the past couple of days. But yeah, uh, well, you know, can't win them all. all. Uh, Yeah, I uh, downloaded and started playing Return of the Obra Dinn, uh, another game that I thought was extremely for me, um, but but did not get the chance to check out, mainly because I didn't have a computer that could run it until recently. Uh, Okay. so now that I have it, I have started playing it and it is as good as everybody says it is. It is like really, really good. So uh, just quick top level. I imagine most people who listen to this podcast have heard of or know about Return of the Obra Dinn, but in case you haven't, it's by Lucas Pope. He's the guy that made Papers, Please. Uh, this is his next game. You play as an insurance agent who arrives on a ship uh, or who shows up to a ship that has uh, arrived with mysterious events having unfolded in that everyone who was on the ship, everyone who is in the ledger has died. Every single person. Mm. There are no survivors as far as anyone is aware. And you have to try and figure out how everybody died or what happened on the ship to cause everyone to die. Um, And you do so via this pocket watch that you have 
that will flip open whenever you are by a corpse and then show you the last moments of that person's life. Oh, wow. And and you will basically hear the last like bit of audio or dialogue. And, and I say audio or dialogue because sometimes it is literally just like screaming or like you hear like boots shuffling or you'll hear like something crash in the background and then that'll be it. Uh, but sometimes you'll hear actual explicit dialogue uh, back and forth between characters right before somebody dies. And then you get launched into a freeze frame of that person's death. So you will see them dying. You will see the exact moment that they're dead. Uh, whether that be like them literally getting shot in the face or, uh, they trip over something and hit their head or they get Mm -hmm. crushed by a piece of the boat that has fallen off or something like that. Uh, and you are tasked with going through the ledger of all 60 people on the ship and saying, who is this person? Because you don't know, you can't match up the names to the people. Uh, you have to like deduce that literally. So you have to figure out who that person is, how they died. And in certain circumstances, who is the person that killed them? And, and you basically go through all 60 people trying to figure that out. Um, I, I think the easiest example, the best way to describe how that game works uh, is by talking about the very first, like the tutorial area where the first corpse that you see uh you you hear an argument happening somebody goes up to the captain's quarters uh and is slamming on the door and is like captain open up i want this thing and you have it uh and then you hear a gunshot and you're launched into the scene and you see the captain the door is open he's holding a gun and and the bullet is very clearly going through this person's head uh and you're like okay that person got shot by a gun so you open up the ledger and you say i don't know who this person is but they got shot with a gun and then, and then once you say shot with a gun, another little uh, question mark will show up and it'll say, okay, who shot them? And then you say, it was the captain. So now you know who the captain is, which is mm-hmm. great. You can now put, put the face to the name. You can say this person got shot, but you don't know who they are yet. Right. So then you go inside, inside the captain's quarters, and there's another corpse on the ground. And it turns out that there was somebody else who was trying to get into the captain's quarters with the first guy who died. And then you hear a struggle that happens. No, no dialogue at all. You just hear a struggle. And then you get launched into the scene and you see the captain slamming that guy's head with like a piece of a table that he like ripped off. Oh, so, that, so that guy's getting like bludgeoned to death, essentially. Bad captain. Yeah. So you don't Sorry. know who that person is. <laughs> That's my deduction so far. This captain's a bad man. Bad captain. Bad uh, captain. Yeah, that was the original salt. name of the of the game, but they, they changed it. Bad captain. Bad captain. Yeah, it would give away too much. Um, I know who it is. So that person, you, you go into the ledger and you say, okay, I don't know who this person is, but they got bludgeoned. Uh, they got hit with a blunt object by the, cap- by the captain. And then you go into another room in the captain's quarters and you hear a conversation or the captain talking to nobody. And, and he says, Abigail, your brother, I shot him. And then you hear a gunshot and you get launched into the scene and the captain is shooting himself. So he is. Oh, wow. So that that one is very easy to deduce. Obviously, it's it's captain, you know, shot by captain. Uh, mm-hmm. So you do that. But now you know that there's somebody named Abigail probably in the ledger and you know that that person is related to the first person who got shot so right. then you go through the ledger you find somebody named abigail you find her last name and it turns out that she got married so she has two last names one of them is the captain's last name so you can you know then figure out okay these two are married but then you find the other last name and you match it up with someone else and it turns out it was the first mate so now you know oh cool the captain see, yeah. and how they died and you know uh the the first mate and how they died What's really interesting about the game is that once you put in those two, it does not tell you that you're correct in either case. You have to get three correct before it will like go from handwriting in the book to printed text in the book. So that's how they prevent you from like 
just kind of like brute force guessing your way through the game is you yeah. have to get three correct first before they hand before they uh, print anything into the ledger. That's really impressive because I feel like that's so hard to do. There's actually a um, there's a video about you know the series Game Maker's Toolkit. Yeah. Um, there was a series about like how to make a good detective game because mm. it's kind of hard to do. Like there's been a lot of Sherlock games, but like I'm pretty sure they like just let you like they're based on the books, too. So like, you know how it ends if you've read them. Oh, yeah. OK. And like it's just it's just hard to it's the same thing with, I run into with D&D where it's like the division between what the player knows and what the character knows. Right. And like having to stick to one or the other. I love how Octopath Traveler tried to do this with Cyrus, where, like, <laughs> you just talk to people, and then you find out, and he goes, like, of course! Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> but that's the way to do it. I think you you have to, like, you have to give the player enough concrete conclusions so that they can build on top of that, but, like, make them work for it. And then that way you're 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 finding out yourself. You're not just, like, like you said, checking all the boxes until one... Right. Says correct. Yeah, I mean, th think about the Telltale games like um, Wolf Among Us, which is very literally a detective story. Um, uh -huh. I mean, that is a game where you will go up and you're supposed to accuse someone of something and there are literally four options and it's possible that you wouldn't have thought of any of them. You know, it's like, okay, so you're just giving me the choices now. Like, I didn't yeah. have to actually do anything myself. This character just kind of like ambiently knows all this stuff. What, what's cool about this game is that at least so far, um, I, I've gotten nine. I've gotten nine people. Uh -huh. And the ways in which I have figured out the nine people have all been like wildly different. So there are those first three that I got, the the captain, the first mate, and a, another person who I won't give away, which were kind of like tutorialized. It was kind of like, okay, we're just like teaching you how to get three people. So you know that right. that's like how you have to do this stuff. Um, but after that, it, I've figured out people based on uh, like their, their locate, like what cabin they're sleeping mm -hmm. in, uh, what outfit they're wearing and like oh, wow. how those outfits compare to other outfits on the ship. Things like that, like just relationships like, OK, I always see this person standing next to this person in memories in which the two of them are right. still alive, which means that once I've narrowed down one person and somebody else has said like, oh, these two, they're best mates, you know, like it's mm -hmm. like, OK, cool. So now I, I have figured out that person. Every single person that I have figured out has been through some like wildly different method, uh, which That's is awesome, which is very cool. And you will go like through 15 to 20 different memories uh, before you figure out like one of the three questions that you have to answer about someone. And that's kind of another cool thing is like, there's only the two questions really. It's just, who are they and how do they die? Um, the, the who killed there's them. So many variables <clears throat> yeah. to get to that. Yeah. Because when you open up the list of how do they die? It is like everything. It is like every possible thing that could exist. And even when you get into like a shot, you open up the shot menu and it's like gun cannon, uh, there are other ones that I can't remember. So like you have to like really go down the list. The one thing that I will say that would have gotten me to play this game earlier, and I, I don't consider this a spoiler because it really should have been something that I just knew kind of like yeah. based on the conceit of the game. But I think one of the most interesting moments for me, the, the most like, holy shit, kind of like, oh, my God, I why didn't I play this game earlier? I went through that tutorial and I, and I got the first uh, two. And then the third one that I went after uh it i opened up my like magic pocket watch and that's how i should have known that this shit was going to happen I, I opened up my magic pocket watch to see how this person died and i was on the top of the ship i was on the top deck there were like 15 people on the deck with guns and spears and cannons shooting the kraken and i was like 
<laughs> and I was like, that's amazing. And I was like, F-, like, of course, of course, there's going to be like weird mystic shit in this game. Yeah. I have a magic pocket watch that lets me see how people die. Like I should have known that there was like a fantasy element to this game and that there's like interesting world building that could happen. Um, I just like I just didn't make that connection really sure well i guess going off of papers please which is like as grimly realistic as you can get <laughs> yeah uh, i mean i like how that's also there talk about like the signature style of of, of uh, super giant being what it is the signature style of this developer is like a very bureaucratic employee dealing with very high stakes stuff. yes because uh, actually papers please if you haven't played it highly recommend that game too yeah it's um, awesome i've only played that one but that one you play as a someone who works at like the you work on the border of like a very uh, corrupt dictatorship um, and you have to check people's paperwork to allow them into the country and the you've very simple checklist of requirements. Um, but you also will sometimes learn a bit about what their situation is. Sometimes you get someone who's like, I'll be killed if I go back. Uh, right. They may not have the requirements and you can. You can choose to let them through, but then you have the repercussions of you might get fired. Yeah. Uh, you also have to take care of your family who are constantly sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's brutal. There's really no like good route in that game. Yeah. It's a lot about like, you know, thinking about uh, making a lot of really, really tough decisions. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to play Oberdin. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It's very, very good. Um, all the voice acting is, is wild. Uh, every vignette that I've seen, every like death vignette. Uh, has been like very different and fascinating and and you learn a lot about the world in which this could exist which i wasn't really expecting i wasn't expecting a lot of world building in this game um Mm -hmm. i really thought it was just going to be like kind of like rote menial like minute tasks uh one after the other and, and eventually i would just like learn some shit um but they really do force you to like deduce things uh, yeah. which is which is impressive um and the first time i've ever really seen that in a game that i would consider a mystery game um the the feeling that i that i feel uh, that, that it, i think is evoked the most or the game that i could most compare most easily compare this to um in terms of like how my brain is reacting to it is the witness the jonathan blow um, yeah like island puzzle game which uh you know this and i don't think i've ever mentioned this on the show but like i set out to to 100 and like get the platinum for that game um that was like i don't know why but that game just like attached to my brain like a fucking parasite <laughs> until i was done with it um and yeah. that's how i'm kind of feeling about Oberdin at the moment i've played about three hours of it so far and it has been lovely i just like i needed to stop so i could eat food because it, like, it became nighttime <laughs> while i was playing it um, well, I, I yeah. think you can really get immersed in the mystery of that, um, yeah. you know, of of because that's a game where like the what happens next element is entirely up to you and your own deductions. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. Is it on? It's on PC and Mac, right? Yeah. Yeah. I will say no, I, I don't know as much as I like it currently. I don't know if it would knock off any of the things from my top 10 list yet. Um, I was going to ask if it was not that like not to give it. Not to base its quality off that factor, but if, yeah. you know, because it's so soon after we did our game of the year, would it be on your top 10? Yeah. And, and the answer is no. I'm not, I'm not sure yet. I mean, the art style I think is like unreal. It is extremely, yeah. extremely beautiful. Um, I mean, I, I have a real soft spot for like weird digitized art. Yeah, for sure. Going back. I mean, you knew me when I was doing like weird data bending shit. So like I, that's always been kind of my, my style, <laughs> my vibe. Um, was that before or after guitar club? That was uh, after. That was after the guitar club. I'm so sorry I didn't go. Did you tell me about it? We can talk about this later. <laughs> a lot of your friends were in it. We can talk about it later. 
<laughs> yeah, they were. Anyway, we could definitely talk. We'll explore and hash this out later. <laughs> anyway, it, that's a mystery. We'll we'll find out with our guitar case, mm-hmm. magic guitar case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the art is amazing. The music is amazing. Um, it just it just feels good to play. All yeah. all the voice acting is spectacular. All the sound design is wild. Um, and yeah, I mean, I saw I saw the Kraken, uh, and, it, and it showed me some shit. You knew exactly cool. how to market this game to me, by the way, because I was like, it sounds cool. I don't know if I'll pick it up. And the minis of the Krakens, and I'm like, all right, that's I the have thing. To. And yeah. I haven't heard that mentioned anywhere. And maybe that's because people consider that a spoiler, but it is also within the first like 15 to 20 minutes of the entire game, which I think is going yeah. to take me like 10 to 15 hours probably to beat. And like, if I had heard that w- way sooner, I would have picked it up last year. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've I've heard that this game also has a pretty large scale of how long it can take to beat. Because I I I, and I could be wrong about this, but I think that there are more there's more information than you might need to make the deductions. Yeah. I think so. Like I think if you wanted to see everything and explore every possibility, you could probably play this game for like up to forty hours. But I think like yeah, the standard playthrough thing is like eight to twelve, from what I've read. Yeah, um, and and. So. I, I can already tell based on some of the vignettes that I'm seeing, like there have been multiple vignettes that I've seen where I have gotten absolutely zero information. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> that's what I want a super cut of all those scenes. Like morning captain, uh, I suppose. Yeah. But like somebody is dying somewhere in that scene, you know, and it's like, <laughs> he <doesn't- laughs> hey, captain, what? Have you ever heard of Scott? You know, in the background, someone like screaming. Yeah. Like no, falling off the ship Scott. or something. Yeah yeah um yeah i just um one quick example there there is a scene in which uh there are two people and they're in a cabin and one of them is bleeding but i don't know why they're bleeding and Mm. like they they die and it's like okay i didn't see the moment where they started bleeding or why they're bleeding i just saw the moment that they died and the last conversation that they had and it didn't tell me anything about who this person is how they died um or or who did it to them uh if anyone um right because sometimes people just die and it's accidents like there's a guy who gets crushed by a cannon at one point and it's just a complete accident it's just like that Ugh, whoops that sucks dude yeah um that stinks and and this person i didn't learn anything from their vignette but then like 18 vignettes later i noticed that they had a knife in their back and they were crawling on the floor <laughs> oh, and it no. was a completely unrelated to the actual vignette i would just happen to be walking around the ship in this other person's vignette i was like holy shit this guy i finally know how this guy died the like i don't know why this is my first thought but i just would love if one of the vignettes is like sup youtube uh (laughs) (laughs) i'm on on a ship right now it kind of sucks i'm hanging in there i hope you are too see you later (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly Um, i i think one of the most interesting things about this game so far has been that there are 60 people on this ship that need to die and that story somehow makes sense so far like (laughs) yeah i mean if a kraken's involved and it sounds like at least eight people are Mr. Magoo in terms of just like slipping on <laughs> cannons or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I, it, what, what's interesting though, is you're, you're mentioning like you see some vignettes where you don't like, it might just be someone bleeding, but you don't know why they're bleeding. I feel like that's the equivalent in a game like hollow Knight or like a Metroidvania where like you get through a wall that has like a square shaped keyhole or something. You're like, what is this? Yeah. This means nothing to me. And then later on, you might, you know, get the ability or the items to do that. And you go back. I feel like that will be that where you retrace your memories and be like, Oh, that's why. And there's yeah. that, that kind of aha moment. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah like the, the band aha. Y- there are aha moments constantly. Uh, the game is yeah. very good about giving them to you. And 
um it again it feels similar to the witness where like there there is i i remember playing the witness for the first time when i was like on my like fucking god quest to get <laughs> all of those puzzles solved um, and there was one puzzle that i was stuck on it was like the last puzzle in an area uh and and i i wrote it like i drew it on a post-it note and i had it taped to my computer for like l- not even kidding like three to four days i just had it on my computer just so like ambiently whenever i like wasn't working on something i would just like stare at it for a while and see if i could get it and one day i wasn't even at my computer i just went oh fuck and i ran back to my computer and pulled the post-it off and then i drew on the post-it like how i'm supposed to solve it and i brought it home and i immediately solved it and it was like oh my god that is like the best aha moment i've ever had in a video game in my whole life yeah multiple times throughout this game i have already felt things that felt close to that um mm-hmm. which is cool it, so i know awesome. like eventually there's gonna be one that i'm just like i have no fucking idea i have no idea <laughs> and then i'm gonna be like in the shower or something and and it's gonna click and that, that's that's a sign of a good puzzle game. That's amazing. Yeah, I definitely gotta check it out. It sounds really good. Cool, man. Highly what recommended. A, a, Return of the Oberdin. A bad cruise by a Kraken. The worst cruise. Yeah. The worst cruise. <laughs> that was the subtitle. Return of the Oberdin. The worst cruise. The worst cruise. Bad captain. Dear Yelp, this was not a good time. <laughs> there, there was a beast. <laughs> you know what it kind of runs me of? Do you ever read the comic book Chew, the comic series? No, I haven't. I know what it is, though. Um, I haven't read much of it, uh, but I know people are really into it. But I do yeah. know that the premise is basically uh, this guy. He's a I think he he's either a detective or he works for the FDA. I think eventually both are true because mm. like everyone has like food based powers in this universe. But yeah. he has a thing where whenever he eats anything, he sees exactly how they died before. So he can only eat canned peaches because everything else is too horrifying for him to witness. Oh man. Like if he ever has like red meat or something, he sees like, you know, slaughterhouses or whatever. So eventually that applies to him solving human homicide cases by eating a little bit of the victim and then he can see how they die. Horrific. Which is kind of, yeah, horrific, but uh yeah that, that exists and it kind of reminded me of the mechanics yeah. of overdin chew the video game return of the overdin <laughs> a bad cruise yeah wasn't that pushing daisies also i, I never watched it i also haven't really read chew at all it is the premise i knew and and i it reminded me of that yeah in case you were curious what i was thinking about <laughs> whoa <laughs> that was my <laughs> <laughs> That's my video. Hey, what's up, Brendan? Wow, kaboom! <laughs> hey, <laughs> YouTube, YouTube, what's good? Whoa, fell down. Deduction deducted. Brendan fell down. Brendan fell down. Uh, my name is Brendan Bigley, and this is the end of the podcast. <laughs> this is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you made it this far, uh. And thank you for just being great. And if you like the show, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at into the cast. Um, that's our official Twitter page. Uh, we basically just post um, random stuff and stuff about the show. And yeah, thanks again for being wonderful. Uh, if you like the show, sharing it is awesome. Also leaving a review on iTunes, as everyone has told you since you were born. Uh, is the best way to help the show numbers wise. Um, I think that's it. 
Yeah. Unless you have anything else, Brendan. No, make sure to head over to squarespace.com and enter promo code into <laughs> the cast <laughs> for a little notification that says invalid promo code. For me, nothing beats Blue Apron Mattress C- Casper, Blue- Casper the Blue Apron Ghost. Uh, and with that, my name is Stephen Hilger. You can find me at Stephen Hilger. I'm Brendan Bigley. You can find me on the internet at Brendan Bigley. I took your role of going first this time. I think it threw us both off. No, it was um, good. I liked it. Uh, it's a new year. I'm first. <laughs> new year, new order. Okay. I would love if one of the Oberdin vignettes is like, well, it's a new year. Whoa. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I honestly like there are 60 people on that ship. I am. I would not be surprised if one person literally slips out on a banana peel and falls off the side. Like <laughs> there is a version of that game that is like a British farce pratfall comedy. That's just like. 60 Mr. Magoos. That I'm would telling be you. really good. <laughs> With like, morning, Captain. Morning. Hey, what's this? Whoa. Boom. <laughs> what's cracking? Speaking of which, <laughs> sorry, I'm done. But then you still have to put in the notes like person was torn apart <laughs> yeah. by beast. Everything else, like the gameplay and deductions are the same. It's just like the tone is completely. Oh my different. God. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, people are going through the wrong door and like, you know, uh, dressing up as like different people. Like, I thought you were the Kaiser. Wow. <laughs> what am I saying? All right. Goodbye. Thanks. Goodbye, podcast. Goodbye, podcast. <laughs> Very well. Deducted. Podcast ruined by creators. <laughs> <laughs>